0: It's the Fan Morning Show with Justin and Ailish, f 590 fan. Happy Monday. I
1: like how we had a brief conversation about whether or not we were going to discuss this. <laughs> I guess we got to talk about your dog based on Woo! the intro music for the podcast yes, listeners. Yes, who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out?
0: What a tune. I did play this <laughs> on the did drive you? as a
1: joke. I, like your life, like you're curating a playlist on the way to, I, like I don't just don't think about things like that. Well, I, you do. I had you a two-hour
0: drive to the hamlet of Palmerston, which should be renamed Paw. I wouldn't Merston. be listening to
1: anything but Sportsnet 590, the fan,
0: I actually did, but then there was a couple areas where it got a little... <laughs> <sharp> so I was like, oh, let's put on a playlist so here let's about the dogs.
1: Dog, let's get the dog playlist going.
0: <laughs> let's find a way to hype myself up. But, folks, it happened. The 2023 puppy draft took place on Saturday. I was on the clock at 10.20 a.m. GMs were calling... The floor buzz. the floor was buzzing with trade requests, but no, we went first.
1: (laughs) How early were you, by the way?
0: An extra, we were 20 minutes early because that's polite. As the first overall selection, you don't want to keep other people waiting.
1: But not like you're not that crazy future dog owner where it's like, we need to see our puppies now.
0: Nope. I was politely waiting at 10 a.m. And he's like, come on in. But like lightly tapping your foot like
1: you're a little anxious.
0: (laughs) It also was like a 2 hour drive and it was an absolute it was like a blizzard and I thought we're not going to make it and I went to FaceTime this guy to pick my puppy. It was it was
1: That would have been dicey.
0: It was pretty bad weather, but nonetheless, you trek through whatever you need to to pick you do anything. The absolute perfect pick. And I'll tell you what, and I said this if you saw my content plays on Instagram. They were great. I we got the Connor Bedard of the draft. Mm-hmm. The Generational talent, the franchise player has joined the Forfar family household and will be what you build your franchise around. Is this pup?
1: When I was thinking about it, it was like, okay, so you had you had one in mind, the one you chose. I had
0: about two in mind.
1: Two in mind, okay, but this one was this one caught your eye. Like you saw, you liked what you saw on tape. You liked what you saw at the junior level. Mm -hmm. You liked. It was doing Connor Bedard's thing. Stats things. checked out. But you had to have the interview. You had mm-hmm. to make sure that it worked out when you got there, that there was some cohesion there. <laughs> I likened it to like, okay, what if Nail Yakupov nailed his pre-draft oh, interview? God. Like the flashy dog, but mm-hmm. then you talk to him and you're like, oh, this guy doesn't have a brain. Shouldn't have taken him first overall. But it turns out this dog did have the brain, the Bedard brain, the McDavid brain, generational brain.
0: Incredible. There was it two, had it all. Two dogs. Entering when I entered the room, that I was were looking for because I had, as you said, scouted the pre-scout bode well for these two.
1: By the way, like you can so much detail now on these prospects. Oh, I knew like, you, everything you knew, about. You them. knew everything coming in. You, it's very sophisticated now.
0: The family that they both came from, immaculate. I met the mother and I met the father. They raised these two puppies quite well. I entered the room, and all of them just. Like prance over, and my like, I can't handle this. already. all of them did. All, like there was like the entire a, collection a of the puppies came the over. Yes, okay. and I thought, oh boy, here we go. And they sat down on the ground and I just like kind of let them explore, let them, and I watched them for about fifteen minutes before I even like started to hone in on any. Okay, Justin, I did my work and before, I before oh,
1: the pre-draft interview started. Yes, it was like like a being meet, there mingle. early
0: was super helpful because if I only had thirty minutes, because the next appointment was that had
1: thirty minutes.
0: It's overwhelming.
1: They do 30-minute chunks with this? 30 minute, like they're all day?
0: Well, there was only seven puppies. It's
1: three and a half hours.
0: But there was one, and I had shown you the pictures of, like, two of them that I liked before. And the one that everybody was kind of like, oh, that one's really cute. The the brown traditional tri-coloring. What was the name of that? Um, They had named Ooh, it Lexi. Forgot? No, they had named it, Yikes. sorry, Louis, L-E-W-I. Louis, there was okay. also a Lexi. Louis was the one that people were like, "Oh, you give Louis a chance." I I gave Louis a chance. I put Louie on my lap and it's Louis, a
1: Bernadoodle, right? Yes. So traditional looking yes. Bernadoodle. You're like, there yeah, I mean, six that's, of those. You, you fell in love with the Bernadoodle for a reason. Yeah. This one could be that.
0: There were six of those right. and one of the merle light coloring. Merle. Merle M E R L E. Anyway, so I gave <laughs> I gave Louis a chance. And he shook, was shaking the entire forty-five Ooh. minutes I was there, shaking, whimpering. I am like, this isn't the right dog for me. I want something a little bit more confident, ready to to take the overall draft mm-hmm. choice and and run with it, and know that the opportunity. Well, is it's a there. big stage, right? It it's is a big and stage. that they can't, Louis out of honestly dropped stage. the ball. I was disappointed because I came in with Louis was just edging up Leland, who I ended up taking. That's not they're going to be their name, just so you know. But those are the names on the the pre-draft stat sheets. Mm -hmm. So Louis was given a a great opportunity and Louis just didn't didn't have the personality. My dog that I have selected is just the most perfect thing to have (laughs) ever been born into this world. It was not only the most loving and cuddly dog, immediately warm to me, just like wouldn't let like wouldn't let wouldn't like lock like the eye contact. You just know it was like looking at you, like "Hi, I'm your pup," and I allowed for other pups the opportunity, and they they just didn't provide the same level of love and intrigue. Mm-hmm. And some of them were just not even interested. And I'm like, "Oh, that makes my decision easier. I'm not gonna pull you from the corner to give you a draft interview. Like, exactly. if you're not in, you're you don't you're force out. It. You're out." So it ended up being just between these two, and the decision was so easy. Oh, so honestly only the only two thing.
1: really came to you. The one yeah. that you. Two that Both you had them. your eye on? Yeah. So was that like forced upon you or the other no. ones were just like, it just happened to work out The that two
0: way. that I came in liking and loving were the two that presented themselves and at one, the And
1: one of them got there, didn't, was mm-hmm. a little stage fright, wasn't feeling it. And the other one was just a natural fit. And
0: there was one other one that I absolutely loved, but she was a girl and I had decided I wasn't going to get a girl, mm-hmm. but she was cute. I thought, oh, you might sneak in here. Her name was Lilac, but nonetheless. Did
1: Lilac have an official interview?
0: Um, I would say. I it would went s- well? It went well, but I thought, you're going to be a wonderful puppy for someone else that wants a girl. So in the end, Louie, Leland, head to head, it was Leland by a landslide. Statistically, the course he matched out, everything, the fit, the the family fit, it just, it was perfect. And at the end, it was, you're mine. You read
1: the charts, and then it passed the eye test. And
0: did it ever, the most wonderful, miraculous dog that's ever been born. And then I had to obviously leave it for two more weeks for Mm -hmm. those of you that know you can't take a dog until eight weeks is the minimum to Mm -hmm. leave from its bum. And so I had to drive away. It was the saddest
1: thing. How many tears?
0: No tears, but I was more like, don't forget me. I'll be back in two weeks. And then you just pick it up one last time. It's so cute. It has a cute little bum just like prancing around. (laughs) And it it was smart. It knew how to sit already. And you know what? Two other dogs took a massive dump on the floor. Immediately I'm like, I don't want those dogs. Well, no, if you're there for thirty Leland, minutes, Leland, you said it was. No, oh my dog, Leland. Yeah,
1: yeah. If, Leland's gonna do that.
0: I know, but if you're there for thirty minutes and you're trying to find a way to edge one out of the other, the two that took a dump are not. I'm not interested. In Nervous that. dump on the interview yeah. process. Just, so you're like, looking for any, the any way to of just like, stumbling over your. You're words. looking for any way to find one that's better than the other. Anyway, yeah. it was not even a question. It was the the easiest lock of the century. Was that dog was the dog for me, and the dog is now waiting. And two weeks from now, I pick it up on the 13th of March. I will be selecting the dog, I mean, grabbing the dog from its home and bringing it to mine. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait. So it was the most perfect day of my life. <laughs> Good. I'm
1: like I'm. I'm glad that it worked out perfectly. Uh, you didn't like some of my advice. I was like, just don't, you don't, you don't want to go in with confirmation bias. You want I real, genuine I connection. Really tried. And, and you got a real, helpful. genuine connection from the dog that you wanted all along, yeah. which means it was perfect fit, perfect number one overall mm-hmm.
0: select. It was, I'm glad for the advice. I didn't run in there and just pick him up. I allowed for like ten minutes of free play. Let me see who you are. A free play. Let yeah. me see what you like. How do you react with? How do you interact with the other dogs? Mm-hmm. Just polite, loving. He was a leader, but also not the alpha dog. You know, he wasn't like some brat. Honestly,
1: was there like a clear crazy one?
0: No, they were all so well behaved. It was really? like eerie. I'm like, do these dogs have like? Are they in sleeping pills? Like they're so chill.
1: When you go back, do you think all of them will be there? Because two weeks when will change up? things, at least in terms of personality, I think. A little bit.
0: Well, everyone has like to pick them up be a that crazy day. crazy one. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'll see. They'll By be then. like, oof,
1: this one. Because they're so young.
0: But I tried. The the run to the litter was Louis, the other one. Mm. And he was. Louis
1: knows he's a run.
0: Louis was just way underdeveloped, I think. Like, he just, he didn't have, he was shaking in his boots. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm so happy, everybody. I will post the official photo and allow for you to see the unveiling and the be name. Tons of content, place. But I just, I just wanted to let it soak in. And then yesterday, I went officially and got his very first collar and leash, and I got his little name tag engraved, <laughs> and I got poop bags yeah. and all the things you need. And it was, I was in the pet store. Oh my god, you want to see photos? Oh, and I was showing all the, the employees that work there. Anyway, I can't wait. I'm already like crazy dog mom.
1: You'll learn that, like, when you, I guess you already know that because you have a cat, but like, when you go into a pet store with a dog, like, there's no they're, other they're store. They're already giving
0: treats away yeah, to other there's dogs. There's no other
1: store that you can go to and be more universally, like, loved. Oh, like, you no know one wait. looks at you, you walk in a grocery store, yeah. I don't care. But if you walk in with a dog in a pet store, everyone gets excited. It's like they get excited for every single one of their uh, customers. My dog be will
0: word. be a showstopper. I'm actually a little worried when we go f- to take him for walks that we're not going to get oh, anywhere.
1: Oh, you're already at that point, buddy. Right?
0: You saw the dog. It is absolutely the most stunning dog to okay. ever be produced. So I'm telling you, we're gonna have trouble walking this thing because King so you Street. Get the, you you get the most watch beautiful out. dog in the world. That's it. He's perfect. Okay. Thank you for coming out. Anyway, my life. Two more weeks until it really forever changes. But as of now, that was that best day of my life. I'm sure when I bring him home, will be the next best day of my life.
1: Yeah, I think it will be.
0: So that happened. Now I'm like, what do I have to live for? Two more weeks? Hurry up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be like burning a hole in your pocket here. You 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 need time to get ready, though. You've done one pet store run. You're probably going to need a few others. Yeah. Do you have the whole bed thing set no, up? No, I have crate, lots of
0: Justin. Two more weeks. Yeah,
1: so just take your time. Do it right. Do some research.
0: I will. Don't worry. Um, so that was Saturday. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. Other than that, watched a lot of sports. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Full sports content weekend for the folks. Lots of Leafs, lots of Raptors. You got your boxing match in, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in Winners and Losers. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays started spring training. It was just, everything happened this weekend.
1: Everything happened this well, where weekend. Where do you even begin? Uh, I guess we got to start with the Leafs, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Friday night, Sunday night. Uh, two victories, one in overtime, and of course... Leafs being the Kraken last night, 5-1 one one. in Seattle. I, it is more about, like, what else is happening, though. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the time of year where the results of the games don't matter as much as, like, the conversation around it. The intermissions might be a little bit more interesting than the games themselves. But there were some things to chew on, for sure, from the Leafs game. Uh, how about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner? Big Reconvening time. on a top line. And I think that should get you thinking, because... Uh, What happened with Mitch Marner on a line with Austin Matthews? A couple goals for 34. And 34 looking like the 34 of old, at least, from last season, a little closer because as much as it's been like, you know, a really productive season from the core four, we know this. Austin Mm -hmm. Matthews isn't having the season that we probably expected, that maybe he expected, that we could uh, at least, I guess what we thought we could bank on. But then you put him with Mitch Marner again, who, of course, he made his legend with last year the entire season. And since... Sheldon Keefe aboard, came aboard. This is who he's been with. And this is who he's been growing as a superstar with. Uh, yeah, we saw that change. It's different when when Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are together. Now, we did say and we did outline that it would had been more productive with Nylander and Matthews for the bulk of the season. Then there was actual reason to uh, expect those two to stay together. But then you see it once and you're like, Oh, if you really want to unlock Austin Matthews, if you want him to be the guy that he has been in the playoffs, should
0: you have to unlock Austin Matthews though?
1: Maybe maybe you shouldn't have to, but the fact of the matter is Mitch you did. Do.
0: No, and, immediately. And immediately when I saw the line change yesterday, I thought, okay, well this is just to this is really to spark Austin Matthews, who was on a mm-hmm. four-game goal drought and three-game point drought and immediately a completely different offensive threat. And it does change the makeup of the rest of the roster, which we'll get into. This is his third multi-goal game of the year. That's it. That's it, I say. But he had 15 no, last year. No, that's right. He had 15 last yeah. year. And you can tell right away that, I mean, Mitch Marner has been undoubtedly one of the best players in the NHL this season. In terms of him being able to elevate other players, he's been the glue guy. You put him here, look who plays better. When well, you put him here, look who elevates their game. Look who shines. And so you have you had to is is still a bit of a stretch, but you you did, and now what do you do? Do you keep them together? This is the same conversation we had last week, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's but it's really the the most important thing here for the Maple Leafs is finding the because right fit. If you have to play Mitch Marner with Austin Matthews, if you think the only way we can beat Tampa, and we'll get to ta- what Tampa did over the weekend in a second, but if you have to, if you in order to beat Tampa, you need Austin Matthews to be the best player on the ice. You need him to be the scorer, mm-hmm. the guy who's going to score. Multi-goal games, the one who's going to lead you in that regard. If Mitch Marner has to play on his line, then what does it do for the second line? What does it mean for Ryan O'Reilly? What does it mean for John Tavares? Because what happened last year? We all came to the conclusion that William Nylander, John Tavares, and Alexander Kerfoot, if that's the line, if that's the second line, if not improved, they cannot be good enough in a postseason series. Like, we just came to all this talk about who could maybe play there, the summer where, it, you know, it passes by and it doesn't work. The switch to Mitch Marner because Mitch has got to help John. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff. we It's like you've been kind of, like, putting aside the issue. The main issue is that it didn't work in the playoffs. And can you trust it to work? Now, they brought in Ryan O'Reilly. Does that fix the issue?
0: It still feels like they're a winger short, doesn't it?
1: It does feel like they're a the winger short. But if you, if you have to play Mitch with Austin, does it mean you have to play Ryan O'Reilly with John Tavares? I think that's what it comes down to because you can align with William Nieland or John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly should not have any issues. It should not. Talent should win over in that regard. Does it leave you a little empty handed in the bottom six? Maybe I guess, guess, you can make that argument, but you have to decide, I guess the first domino is who's playing with Austin Matthews. And if you want Mitch Marner to play with Austin Matthews, that means you have to worry with the sec- worry about the second line and where it leaves you. And you have to kind of make that decision on Ryan O'Reilly. Now, were O'Reilly, Tavares, and Nylander, like, outstanding? Like, I didn't, I didn't really think so. Uh, is Ryan O'Reilly as a third-line center probably the best thing for this team, at least in terms of, like, being, uh, optimizing and being your greatest threat at all times from shift to shift? Probably. But can you afford to just play Nylander, Tavares, and Kerfoot together? Because it was proven last year it didn't work, and it's been proven over years that it leaves something to be desired.
0: So I think the next... How many games do they have left? Not that many. Uh, in in it feels the twenty-five like. range. Yeah. yeah. So the next twenty-five game streak is about finding what you're going to do leading into the playoffs. That's actually a really
1: that's 22. a that's
0: a great amount of time to find the right fit. Or and, are
1: you trying to find someone else over the next four? Or days.
0: you're trying to find someone else next for it, and that's exactly where we lead to because everything that's going on with the Maple Leafs, it's hard to look at that as in a small vacuum when you know that other teams in the East have gotten considerably better over this past weekend alone Mm -hmm. and the Maple Leafs have the opportunity to do so this week we've been circling maybe a defenseman upgrade well when you look at the way that some of these forwards are stacking up against other teams I don't know if you're starting to feel anxious possibly as a Leafs fan you're just sitting there watching and waiting and we know that that sometimes cannot be a great result in Toronto sports we just saw that with the Raptors trade deadline, where we were super excited, and they added added Jacoperto, who looks like a great addition, don't get me wrong, but we had maybe higher aspirations or thought that we'd go one direction. Remember the Toronto Blue Jays? In free agency or trade deadline, it was kind of sitting around waiting, and, oh, do do we struggle to get players here? Mm -hmm. Don't want that to be the case this time around with the Toronto Maple Leafs. There are still a lot of good trade candidates out there, but the list has gotten significantly shorter since Friday when we got off the show to this morning.
1: Yeah, oddly, though, it is from the forward perspective, for sure. Just mm-hmm. to, like, recap, Ivan Barbashev, gone. Timo Meyer gone. Tanner Janot, out of nowhere, is now Wait, a member of the night. Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Vitaly Kravstov, gone. Dennis Kurianov has moved on. Uh, lots, Nino you know, Niederreiter, moved on. A lot of forwards moved on. And then you look at the blue, blue line, everyone's still there.
0: Mm-hmm. So Everyone, that might be where you turn your attention. With the
1: exception of Dmitry Orlov, who we never really thought That's right. was going, or we, we didn't know until we knew, Chikrin, Gavrikov, McCabe, Shen, they're all still available. Mm -hmm. The Leafs could upgrade if they so choose on the back end. And they could probably upgrade up front if they really wanted to. But, again, how many more pieces do you have? Or how many more moves do you have if you're Kyle Dubas? However, you might want to be reactive. You might have a reflexive move in you because the teams that you're going to be be competing with all the way through, let's say it is the dream run, it's Tampa, then it's Boston, Mm -hmm. then it's the best team from the Metropolitan Division. That is the hardest path. You cannot compare paths with any other team, the balance of power shifted big time and continues to shift big time to the Eastern Conference with all the teams that could potentially that the Leafs could potentially run into adding like Tampa did like the maybe the lowest in terms of impact and it it, it could be a high impact move for sure. At least the smallest name, but Timo Meyer going to the New Jersey Devils, Patrick Kane, maybe now joining uh, Vladimir Tarasenko with the New York Rangers. We know about the Boston move. Now Tampa made, has made its move. Everyone in the Eastern Conference who thinks they can win are improving. And it seems like you have to be all in or you're going to be left behind.
0: And You've talked about this, no half measures. Maybe last week when the Maple Leafs were one of the first teams to, to start this process and got Ryan O'Reilly and, and Noel Chari and it looked like they had made a big step forward. Mm-hmm. Other teams have seen that and said, well, this is the year where we can be the Maple Leafs if we add this, this, and this. So now the Maple Leafs, I think, are in the opportunity to make another chess move. And this is what it's finished. Game of chess in the East over the last week and a half. There's still, what, three or four days here to really make something happen. It seems like Kane to New York is just a pending process at this point.
1: They're just waiting on money to settle down. They're waiting on
0: the cash to line up. And that's going to be so incredible to watch.
1: The Rangers are going to end up getting Kane and Tarasenko... For like less mm-hmm. than the lightning gave up for Tanner Genot.
0: So let's talk about that Tanner Genot. You know, so this was really late last night. Do you have the entire trade package in front of you? Because it's a long list. They gave up a a bag <laughs> uh, for Tanner Genot.
1: I can definitely find it right here. But okay, yeah, right. I, I wrote it. It was a small village, and yes. it's kind of it kind of is a small village. I got it once. Tanner Genot. From Nashville, Tanner Jeanneau is a young guy mm-hmm. was in the calder in the periphery of the Calder Trophy discussion last year as like kind of a late bloomer, a guy who's been around uh you know the minor leagues for a while came onto the scene uh and and really um made an impact last year he was scoring a lot of goals this last year. I think this production has definitely tailed off um but he's a guy who's a heavy four checker a guy who can fight, a guy who is a nightmare to play against mm-hmm. and the Tampa Bay Lightning have, because they are so talented, because they have the foundational pieces in place, they've went about their business differently. It's all about adding utility. It's all about adding guys to make things difficult and to win closer to the margins than in the top six. And they value, you know, just like they valued Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, Brandon Hagel. All in recent years, they've given up first-round picks and big-time premium futures assets for. Guys who can play a role for you, and this deal specifically is Jano for a first round pick in twenty twenty five because they've traded their other ones, mm-hmm. a second round pick in twenty twenty four, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick <laughs> in twenty twenty three. So five draft picks for Tanner Jano, and if you look back so to it's last a year,
0: steep price, but they they do this.
1: This this is what they do. They <laughs> I, they and, and people are all like online, and and I was in bed long before, but waking up and reading the commentary. People thinking, oh, this could be a worse team with Tanner Janot. And, like, that clearly, like, if you don't trust the evaluation process for the Tampa Bay Lightning, then I don't really know what you're doing. (laughs) two cups. I will say, though, the Brandon Hagel thing, they traded two first-round picks and two premium prospects last year. No, I wouldn't say premium prospects, but decent prospects Mm -hmm. last year for Hagel. And Hagel didn't work out right away. Hagel wasn't, like, this slam dunk. They still went to the Stanley Cup final, so it didn't really matter that much. But now this year, he's been... Brilliant! He's played the role perfectly for them. Cheap talent. They they would rather instead of like, you know, bringing in a cane and fifty percent and working working so hard. They get guys who can stick around for a little while, and they value a certain way compared to other teams which might not value them the same way. is going to fit on that team perfectly. He makes the fourth line or third line wherever he's going to play all that much more difficult to play against. We talked about how much of a nightmare it is to deal with Corey Perry and Pat Maroon. Janot just adds to that. There's, You look at that lineup now and it's like, there's no easy matchup. There isn't a single shift against the Lightning now where you're like, oh, we can get through this without mm-hmm. it, out any damage. But like you're going to feel every shift.
0: We did this last week where we tried to put Leafs versus Tampa because mm-hmm. this is going to be the – this is it. The Leafs versus Tampa. What is it? 98% at this point. It's home ice that we're jockeying for. Yeah, it's – it's. And it's this, but it home ice is even like more
1: move, important now. Yeah, it is. But Janot is – is the type of guy where it's like, oh, we're building for Tampa. And we've been talking about that with the Leafs. Can you, are you going to make a move that is for Tampa? It just seems like Tampa made a move that was for yeah. Toronto. Because this is a guy who I can't imagine won't have an impact for checking against the Rasmus Sandines of the world. In head-to-head matchups against the Pierre Engvalls of the world. The guys that shy away, Tanner Jeanneau could absolutely steamroll and have major influence against. And that's why I feel like this is for Toronto. And this is a move for Tampa to be more, have more of an advantage of the things that they're already better than Toronto at. They can go fire for fire with Toronto, but Toronto can't deal with the physicality. And I guess, I mean, it was game seven last year, but maybe they thought that's how they won the series because everything else was a wash and we just needed to be a little tougher. We just needed to have a little bit more grit. We just had to have one more goal where you had to, Earn it off a shin pad, or get greasy and messy, and make it happen that way. The messiness factor, which you know, ramped up, and that's one area where you think, well, we can't really measure up to Tampa in that regard. And I feel like this makes things a little bit more extreme that way.
0: The best team in the NHL got better. The Boston Bruins last week. Now the team that you're neck and neck with for home ice advantage, which now is going to be even more significant because if you have this deep of a forward roster on Tampa and you can line match and you have Tanner, you who you said is going to be pretty much a shutdown guy against any lineup, possibly against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're left. I don't know. Third in this ranking at this point. And you're a move away from jumping over Tampa. And you're also now juggling how to get the best out of your top six slash top seven. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions that remain this week for the Maple Leafs. And it just, when you see other teams making Aggressive moves to get better, and for them to go all in, you're right. You can't have this half measure, and it's now kind of starts to look like, well, you got Ryan O'Reilly, but what else? Because everybody else is getting more. You just saw we didn't even bring up Timo Meyer now to the Devils, so the Devils are just obviously one, a better team. One more team.
1: quickly on that, uh, the Devils are definitely a better team, and we can look at that. What's going on in the in the Metropolitan Division? Very, very, like it's an arms race there. It's just a flat out arms race. And what is Carolina doing? Not. Getting involved in Meyer, I'm not really sure. Um, but with the Leafs, they made a move it seemed like they had to make. They had a hole in the roster, right? They mm-hmm. were one forward short. They could be multiple forward short, but they were certainly like a sizable impact forward short. They made the move that they had to make to complete their roster. With Tampa and Boston, they just made these high-impact moves that they didn't have to make. They didn't have to. They already had players there. But Boston, hey, can we better be better in this regard? Can we get two players who are going to have an impact... Every single time that you play against them. Orlov's going to do that. Hathaway's going to do that. And with Tampa getting Janot, this is a high-impact guy in the bottom six. And that's not the sexiest thing in the world. That's not normally the thing you want to give up first-round picks for. Five draft picks in total. But this is a guy who is complementary with impact. They are completing their roster while the Leafs are trying to scramble to like mm-hmm. make sure that they have something that's adequate to bring to the table.
0: Okay, so the Eastern Conference is tough to play in at any time, but now even more so heading into the playoffs because the Devil's Land, Timo Uh Meyer from San Jose. It took a little while yesterday to get the full lay of the land with the prospect uh, and the returns for this package because I I guess they were just uh, making sure that one said individual was healthy enough to make the trade Nonetheless, mm-hmm. still a blockbuster in a sense of it's Timo Meyer and a major haul, but there's just no way to view this other than the Devils just fleeced yeah. San Jose. And, <laughs> it's again, crazy.
1: I'm not. I'm definitely no draft expert. Don't know what these prospects necessarily. And I think they purposely picked all table.
0: of the most difficult names to pronounce. <laughs> yes. I, they went through and they said, "No, nah, yeah. that's no. This one here, yeah, that's a good name."
1: It's. It seems like quantity over quality, though. Like there are a lot. How, how many there. pieces to this trade? New Jersey sent a 2023
0: first-round pick, a conditional 2024 first-rounder. One, two, three, four players. In return, the Devils got Meyer, Harrington, and Prospects. One, two, three Prospects. There's obviously some conditions on the picks as well, Mm -hmm. which mean that—
1: I I think you could boil it down this way. It's Timo Meyer for a former first-round pick. A first-round pick in 2023, and a first-round pick if the Devils go to one of the Eastern Conference Finals Mm -hmm. over the next two years. Two years, yeah. If not, it's a second-round pick. So it's it's the first rounder. (laughs) It's the former first rounder Mm -hmm. in Shakir Makmadulin, who's a guy who was kind of mocked when New Jersey took him that early Mm -hmm. uh, when they did a couple years ago. Uh, So it's a it's a real prospect. Played in the World Juniors for Russia a couple years ago. Like he's a real prospect. I don't know if he's the most exciting prospect in the world they have. Many others in New Jersey That's who right. would be considered higher up. It's a nice, they it's a nice treat to have. Isn't they it? <laughs> protected their best prospects, and they and they still managed to uh, send you know one maybe in the top five. They kept Meyer. their
0: Matthew Nyes yes. for perspective, and they got rid of they're a couple not, guys they're, underneath they're Matthew Nyes. They're not a
1: team with one Matthew They've Nyes. Got a they're a team with five Matthew Nyes, at least in terms of their value on on the trade market. So a first, maybe a future first, and a former first for Timo Meyer who comes over. Is going to be a high impact guy, maybe the highest impact player that will be traded the entire mm-hmm. trade deadline, unless Eric Carlson goes, or unless you think Patrick Kane can still have a, a huge, huge impact. But Timo Meyer is a legit star who will stick around. And if you compare it to the other deals around the league, this it, it's not a rental, and you didn't have to pay all that much. Arguably, Tanner Genot cost close to the same. Yeah, compared to Timo and if Meyer, you'd
0: rather have Timo Meyer or Tanner Janot. I think that. Anybody can make that decision,
1: and you got to wonder, based on that, like why Carolina wasn't more involved, why other teams weren't more aggressive here, because it just didn't seem like uh, the Devils had to pay much. We're gonna to get a we're really, gonna have Frank on, really high on impact guy,
0: and Frank Starbally at eight o'clock, who's obviously going to have all of the details in terms of missed bids for this, but he had a tweet that laid out some of the offers for Timo Meyer that were turned down. One team, team one, first round pick, second round pick, and a top prospect wasn't the right fit, apparently. Team number two, a first round pick, a recent first round pick, and mid-tier prospects. And both teams had other ass like cap or roster considerations, but he said this before the trade was official, and he said this will be quite sizable. So there were other teams, and maybe he'll tell us who team one and team two is, um, that had put a lot on the table. So the Devils somehow had the better fit.
1: Yeah, maybe they like Mac Boudol a lot. I mean, it's it's possible, right? Like uh, while others don't necessarily like him, maybe the San Jose Sharks really coveted that asset. Maybe they think there's a gem in Fabier, Fabian Fabian Zutterland or or the other fella who I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name. Uh but it it just seemed like it seemed like they could they should have gotten more for a guy like Meyer given that he can stick around for a long time and mm-hmm. be an impact player for a long time. He will help San Jose get that that extra first round pick because he's going to play on the team this year and he should be on the team next year unless they they figure out that uh, hey we can't sign this guy and we could just recoup all the assets that we just gave up.
0: Um okay, so that's happening. We got a lot going on in terms of this weekend. Seems like Friday might be a bit quiet <laughs> for the trade deadline. So if, that could be if you if you're really excited to see that, it looks like Eric Carlson has reportedly just been said that he's probably going to stay there Mm -hmm. for the rest of the season so maybe you miss out that I hope I
1: hope that is a message to other GMs if they're serious we can still do this but Mm -hmm. for now I'm not liking what I'm hearing but I I do as much as like the trade deadline yeah a little steam Timo Meyer not going on Friday is is a big deal to those who are going to be talking about it on television Mm -hmm. there's still room for a reactive move the yep. Maple Leafs but might no, I, feel like they I, I have to do it. I almost like
0: prefer this.
1: Carolina might feel like they have to I, do it. I
0: almost prefer having it, I mean, content-wise, yeah, I'd like Friday to be like a blockbuster day, but this is I'm been,
1: actually okay with Friday being nothing, because we don't no, get to talk about it until uh, that's Monday. That's
0: true, but I'm, I'm also... This has been really interesting to see how the teams have reacted to each other and had some time to be like, okay, the Bruins got better. I'm Tampa. How do I get better? If the Leafs mm-hmm. did a massive trade, let's find ways to beat the Leafs because it's all going to come down to, you know, who your playoff matches matchups are and whether that sucks or not, that you've known this for four months, you're, you're, this is it. You're playing chess. And so you've had yep. some time Friday. will probably still have some major trades, but it might not be the blockbuster after blockbuster that we're accustomed to seeing. And yeah, that kind of sucks in terms of, Intrigue, but this last ten days has been really fun to watch.
1: It's been great. The weekend was wild. I mean, it was it really like stole the show over the weekend. And people were complaining about how this trade deadline was gonna suck and had had no intrigue. I can't I'm 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 shocked by that take. Timo Meyer just got traded. Tanner Janot just went for a small village. Patrick Kane is going to be traded, Ryan O'Reilly was traded. There are still four big defensemen on the board, and that doesn't include Eric Carlson. This could be absolutely off the rails this week Mm -hmm. and should be. There are six heavy, heavy, heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference, six teams that probably think they can win the Stanley Cup. Then you got the Western Conference. All of a sudden, there is all this opportunity because you don't have to go through these teams in the Eastern Conference. If you play in the Western Conference, you're just like. If you're Edmonton, you're not doing anything right now. Like, what are you doing? Dallas added Evgeny Dadanov, who is a at least in my opinion, a bum.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, what are they
1: doing? A bum. There's so much else that these teams, I think, could be doing if they get aggressive. And you see a ta- team like Tampa who's just like, F it, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's be the best we can be. I hope it inspires well, other teams. I feel like teams. they also
0: know this is like their window is closing.
1: And they have no, Yes, but they have all the reason in the world to do it. Why wouldn't we chase? Why wouldn't we empty the clip? Why wouldn't 100%. we go after it? But every team should feel this way. Everyone is so risk-adverse. Everyone's about protecting their job. Everyone's about just doing the least amount for the longest time to get paid. And I get all that. But if you want to win a Stanley Cup and you're in the Western Conference right now, you're going to not only have a fairly easy path comparatively, but you're going to get a team that has gone through the ringer That's right. to get through the East. Whatever team it is, is going to feel it and wear it when they play in the Stanley Cup final. And if you're Dallas or Edmonton... Or Winnipeg, like this, this these small measures. Barbashev, Dadanov, Niederreier. It's not gonna. It's not gonna cut it. Do more. You got the opportunity (laughs) there. Let's see it. It should be a good week.
0: All right, lots of people are doing their jobs. It should be a good week. All right, lots to come. We're gonna talk to Frank at eight. Maybe he knows where those Western Conference teams are leaning. Maybe they just waiting for the East to get done, and then it's their turn this week. We'd hope so, just to have a little bit of more balance, at least. but if you play in the Eastern Conference, you're getting a little bit.
1: You better be serious; or you're going to get left behind. And I guess that's the last word: is do the Leafs have to be more serious than they already? I are? think
0: they do. I think this really shows how much the other teams.
1: Too bad they don't have care. Devils' like cupboard of prospects.
0: Wouldn't that be nice? Um, okay, so basically, the next little stretch here will be how do the Maple Leafs react or not react to how the teams in their division are getting better and better? They're back on the road as we saw yesterday in Seattle. They're headed to Edmonton they're playing Wednesday so you got a couple days here in between to play Oilers Wednesday, Flames Thursday, Canucks Saturday. So your little West Coast Canadian road trip is in swing with starting off on a good foot with a big win over Seattle. Um we'll get more into some winners and losers maybe that come from the Maple Leafs weekend, but we got to touch on the Raptors as well who had two games um beat the Pistons at a noon game on Saturday which I don't really think I ever want to see another noon game on a Saturday. I don't think the players ever want to see another 12 o'clock start on a Saturday. A 95-91 victory, an ugly win. And then last night, an ugly loss to Cleveland. Probably one of their worst, I'd say, of the season. 118-93 to the Cavs. um, Yeah, Fred VanVleet was out for the last little while for personal reasons. He had a baby. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. Congratulations. I I think
1: he missed... Third third child and third miss game yeah, on and, Sunday?
0: and with personal reasons, there was no understanding as to why. Obviously, privacy is important, and, and that's that's wonderful. that, that we know, But we know that it's not something as mm-hmm. serious as it could have been. It's a baby, so it's something really exciting to celebrate, and maybe he gets that dad strength back. Yeah. First thing you think of is remember when Fred had a baby, and he came back and obviously slayed? So maybe he's he's got that this time around.
1: And they need it. Uh, they clearly need a little bit more, right? Because you saw what a really talented team and a team with, a high-impact player, mm-hmm. a legit superstar, and Donovan Mitchell could could do in that Cleveland game. Because, yeah, I think we've seen the floor raised here by Jakob Pertl, clearly. And I've got to, like, we. I don't know if we have to continue eating crow on it, but, like, everything he does is, is positive. I mean, his passing ability, we've talked mm-hmm. about it all. We don't have to go back to it again because I guess it wasn't enough uh, to really change things Sunday. But he continues to impress. But even despite that, you cannot... You can't go shot for shot with Donovan Mitchell. You don't have the talent on this roster to deal with a hot Donovan Mitchell. And that's really the difference. You can beat in a matinee Detroit with what you have. Yep. But can you beat Cleveland when Donovan Mitchell and other superstars around the league are playing at that high level? They had no answer for that. They need more. And that's kind of the reality check. Yeah, you get in the plan. Yeah, you can get to the playoffs. But, but that, when, that's when a you playoff play that type legit opponent. Team, Exactly. Exactly. It looks different and it feels different and it feels like you can't measure up when you're in a situation And
0: maybe, and we've been very excited with the way the Raptors have kind of turned this page since the trade deadline and we can all admit that maybe it wasn't, as we said, the most splashiest of trade deadlines, but they found a way to let that reinvigorate their team. Jakob Pertl has been a great addition. But the last seven wins that they've had, five of them are against teams that we're trying to basically mm-hmm. lose or we're under that 500 portion of the schedule. And then there are other two wins against the Grizzlies and the Pelicans were without John Morant or Zion. So yes, there's just something to keep in your mind when the Raptors were strolling together, they had their longest wins streak of the season mm-hmm. after Saturday's game four, and they lost last night against a team that's actively going to be a playoff competitor. And they had something to prove too, because the Raptors had beaten the Cavs on quite a few occasions this season. And why was that? Because OG played, defensive player of the year basketball mm-hmm. and OG has now come back from injury and has not looked even uh, 50% of yeah, OG's ability. Right. But yeah. I understand that because he just took some time to rehabilitate an injury. But if you don't have OG playing his incredible level of defense, you lose to a team like this where there's no match for Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt where you're getting absolutely just manhandled everywhere. And, Pascal Siakam, these past two games, has still been incredible for the Raptors, thank God, because there was nobody else really helping contribute. This is now his, I think, his fifth or sixth straight game with 25 points. Seven straight games, one shy of tying a franchise record, 25 points or more in seven straight games. Like He go. has been steady as can be, the all-star that the, that the Toronto Raptors need, but there needs to be more. And between him and Jakob Pertl, they've been pretty consistent over the last stretch, but he needs some support.
1: Yeah, it feels like we're forever waiting, right? For, forever waiting on the full-strength Raptors because they weren't frankly without a guy like Pirtle in the middle, it was always an incomplete mm-hmm. roster. Now without Fred, but also we're probably going to be without OG for a little while. Not that he won't be playing, but it's not like he's at his at the regular yeah. OG which you laid Understandable, out. Like but- it's it just it just seems like hey, all these pieces are never going to settle in their place for a meaningful period of time. And even then, even when they all are, are are available to Nick Nurse. It just feels like that next gear, that extra little, that extra little bit that you need, that extra little bit that Donovan Mitchell provided. It just seems like the Raptors don't have that. The ease to which some players can score in this league. See Dame Lillard last night, mm-hmm. seventy-one points. <laughs> like, yeah, Pascal Siakam is unbelievably efficient and gets the job done, and has been so good. It's still, it's still not the same. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, function the same, right? Mm -hmm. When a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Dame is playing at that high level, it changes everything. It's that trump card. And I don't think the Raptors have that trump card, but I do think when on the floor, when together, and when at full strength, they can be a good team. It's just they need everything, and everything hasn't been even an option this year.
0: I will say, coming into yesterday's game, a back-to-back on the road, it's one of those scheduled losses that the Raptors, you know, you can look at the schedule. Okay, well, they're going to play the Cavs in a back-to-back. But at the same time, you know, like this is put up a more of a competitive fight would maybe be the question or the, the solution mm-hmm. when you look at this. I'm not saying that let's wave the white flag. They lost one of the, the first games they've lost in a while, seven of their last eight. It's understandable, but how do you rebound from that? They're back in action against the Bulls tomorrow. Back at home and then they got the Wizards on Thursday and on Friday or Saturday, sorry, the Wizards again. So
1: Three winnable games. And that's got to get it back on track here. Hopefully Fred can get back in the lineup and hopefully OG is closer to the OG that uh, we came to know at the start of the year. Uh, They've got to put it together here because they got to win games and the schedule gets more difficult. And again, like we kind of feel like they're going to be outmatched Mm -hmm. uh, when they take on the top half of the league in a lot of ways. And they can play. And they can compete, of course, uh, but in order to get into a good spot, they have to beat the teams that are worse than them. And they've got a couple opportunities here coming up.
0: So Leafs, Raptors, and the Blue Jays, which is so exciting. It was great to hear the sounds of spring training back on the radio, um, back on TV as well. We're going to have Shai Davidi joining us at 7 a.m. from Dunedin. They kicked off their Grapefruit League schedule this weekend. And I will say it's exciting to watch spring training, but also I always find myself having to take a deep breath and – and because you can get really ahead of yourself. You watch Kikuchi, and he had a great start. The guy was electric. The guy was electric, <laughs> and you think, oh, my God, it's so easy to come to conclusions that Kikuchi's fixed. You see Vladdy hit a couple dingers, like, into the moon, mm-hmm. and you think, it's we're back, we're back, we're back. But I'm, I think a great question for Shy is how to properly uncover and wade through what takeaways – Happen with spring training because there's some prospects that are absolutely jacked on the Blue Jays. It's like, okay, are, are they going to make the team? Like sometimes it's just exciting to watch baseball and just let it all unfold and be happy that we're in spring and it's a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. But that's why he's the insider and he's down on the on the ground breaking it down. But there's a lot of good, tangible things to take from this weekend and also some opportunities to pump the brakes and say, hey, this is a long spring training for a reason because we're going to learn a lot about it. We're going to see how these rules actually start to affect the Toronto Blue Jays and the MLB because we saw a really poor example of one of the rules be deployed. Yes. Um, we'll get into that winners and losers, I assume. But we got to see a lot of opportunity. We saw Nate Pearson... Your guy. Your guy. Nate Pearson's back. uh, Kikuchi might be my guy. Five
1: Ks. He looked. See, this is it. I'm excited
0: about Kikuchi. And
1: and there was a little.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you say that. Clip that famous last word. And then you say that. And in two weeks, we're down on Kikuchi. So I'm just saying, we all take this with a grain of salt, a little bit of level headedness and excitement and also an area of pause. If things aren't great the very first time you see a pitcher who absolutely gets annihilated, Realize a that there's some, oppor- got exactly. the there's the some opportunity sure. to get the dust and the kinks out. That's what spring training's for.
1: I will say though, and maybe uh, and people have wrote this and people have commented on this online I think Kikuchi and the new rules might be a good fit. He's a rhythm guy. Apparently, by the end, like mm-hmm. two innings, five strikeouts, he was kind of playing with the timing a little bit and using the clock to his advantage. You say Kikuchi was balling out there. He was. Like, it was great. It was really nice to see. Very encouraging. That's probably the most encouraging thing mm-hmm. that we saw. What, quickly, because we'll ask Shy more to, you know, dive in on this, and we can talk about it after. But what was your, like, initial 30-second takeaway from the new rules and how it changed baseball?
0: It is going to be a highly content contentious conversation all season long because in the second game of spring training, we saw a game end because of a...
1: Which is a nightmare. Clock I mean, if that violation. happens in the playoffs, see, this is it. It's an I,
0: absolute I think there's disaster. a lot to work through, and there's a lot of
1: there was a air, game, there was a game that was like two hours. Yes, yeah, so there's minutes. a lot
0: of air, gray area, and that's what for me. You can't have gray area in rules. You're either going to always deploy it the way that it's written, or you're not. And I think that we just saw an opportunity where it was like, what are we doing here? The second second game of spring training. There's a, a anyway. It, it was, was a
1: violation on the batter too. It, it wasn't was, the it was that, tough,
0: but I, I think watching a game with Oh, what is it like, there was like thirteen runs. That was two hours long. It was like, it was tidy. It, it was almost like yeah. I couldn't catch my breath at times, though.
1: So. And it was and a little. It, it's
0: it, it's going to take some getting used to. That's that's my conversation. I don't hate it or love it. I'm just like, this is the way it's going to be. I love it. I like it. I How love it. That?
1: We had two different experiences though on the weekend watching on Sportsnet because one was a uh, Pirates broadcast being yes. picked up and you saw the clock at all times. It was very distracting. Mm-hmm. Then you're watching Sportsnet's broadcast uh, yesterday. And it's like, you don't see the clock, and it is moving fast, and you're not distracted, and there were yes. no issues, at least that I saw. I didn't watch the whole game. It was like, this is outstanding. Give me baseball games that last two hours and For 15 sure. minutes all summer long, please. As
0: long as there's not I'll
1: take a couple wacky moments where, if you can give me that.
0: Exactly. As long as there's moments or a consistency with how we're deploying these rules. That's all I got to say. So we'll talk about that with Shy, We'll talk about that in Winners and Losers. But Blue Jays back. We're fired up about it. Um, hope you are as well. We're going to take a break. The A-List on the other side. Shy at 7. Frank Saravelli at 8. Winners and losers in between. And of course, the Wake and Rake at 8.30. So send in those picks at 595.90. No Toronto sports tonight. So get creative.
1: Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Now it's time for hey, the A-List. Bing, bong, bing, bang. Hey.
0: Alright, we're used to seeing animals storm the field at sports games. Cats, dogs, raccoons, squirrels, probably. Um, but I've never once seen what happened in a college softball game over the weekend. <laughs> Bradley and Gardner Webb.
1: Gardner Webb. I actually knew someone who played softball at Gardner no way. Webb. Gardner Webb G Dub.
0: We're playing college softball on the weekend and The strangest thing occurred. Here's the clip from the call.
1: Lots of people wondering what's happening. There are multiple parrots on the field. One almost landed on the umpire. They almost landed on the foul screen. Just gorgeous birds making their presence felt. And the game has become a total sideshow to everyone watching these birds in flight.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Oh,
1: one just landed on the umpires. The home plate umpire, Chad Steers, is—is is this part of the show? Is this? What is happening right now? That guy's got an amazing broadcast voice. Oh, it's like perfect. Like the fake broadcast voice is that guy's voice. It, beautiful birds. They
0: were beautiful. It, they are legitimate, they like beautiful? Toucan Sam. Wow! Like when you look at the Fruit Loops box, this guy flew out of the box onto the field, onto the umpire. There was a bunch of them. It was crazy. I honestly thought it was some sort of like ploy to get media attention, and it apparently wasn't. Wow. The birds often fly around the stadium and are free flight trained, which means they can fly unrestricted when outdoors. Their names are Tiki and Leilu.
1: Oh, so they're, they're no, known they to the heard area. the
0: commotion and came over to check out the action. I just thought it was absolutely—you got to watch this video because they're stunning birds. He's right,
1: beautiful birds. They just
0: come on right in. But imagine—I started thinking about that golf or the guy that you know he pitched the ball and it hit the bird and remember? Oh,
1: I thought you said golf, Randy Johnson.
0: Well, I thought about yeah, Randy yeah, Johnson. you don't want You don't want that with a parrot.
1: I mean, you don't want that probably with any bird, but uh,
0: specifically a parrot.
1: (laughs) specifically a parrot, you're more you're more inclined to uh, support the parrot. Uh, But then I also thought
0: of the tee shot that hits the birds too. So just be careful when there's parrots flying around.
1: Birds need to be more careful.
0: Birds need to know their role too. You're going to a baseball game, landing on the umpire. He was and it was like the Edwin. He landed right Mm. on the umpire's shoulder. Oh yeah, Eddie. It was incredible. Anyway,
1: beautiful birds. I thought
0: it was just beautiful. So go check that out. I don't know if I've ever seen a parrot ever at a sporting event, and maybe we never will again unless you, you gotta watch go to Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb. So.
1: Carolina, right? Uh, Jammed you up. I think it's Carolina.
0: I don't it's know where this game was played, uh, being played, but um, one of those two teams was hosting this game where the parrots were around. All right. Um, don't think there's any parrots down to spring training, but you never know. shy DeVito I mean, have to fill be. us in. He's on the other side of the break joining us live from Dunedin to talk about the Blue Jays kicking off their spring training weekend weekend. Um, with a Saturday's win, 9-7 over Pittsburgh, and a big, tight loss. <laughs> big the Yankees, 9-5. <laughs> that game was electric, though. There, they are, they are, came no, back there are no and-
1: <laughs> big losses right now. <laughs>
0: they tried their best. Um, all right. Shai VD on the other side of the break.